listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. My name is Courtney Cook, and I will be your host. On today's podcast, we have Brooke Galvin. Hi, Brooke. How are you today? How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Can you start by telling us a little about yourself? Oh, sure. I am Brooke. I am an alum of junior theater. I was a professional actress for a while, but I kind of stepped away from that to raise a family and to help my husband pursue his career a bit. And now I am a full-time stay-at-home mom, but also a full-time freelance writer on a website called Fiverr. That's really cool. So when you do your freelance stuff, it's mostly, uh, I believe, children's scripts, isn't it? Or do you do other things beyond that? Primarily children's scripts. So at this point in time, Fiverr is set up where you have uh, your main page and within your page are different gigs that you'll offer to the public. And it's all contract work. So people are going to come on there and hire me for a one-off gig or for something repeating, but it's not salaried, obviously. So I'm making money per gig. My main two gigs that are my biggest gigs are writing theatrical scripts for kids so children's scripts and my other one is writing scripts for children's youtube so think like rachel's really popular right now her stuff is mildly scripted but um (laughs) mine is a bit more scripted than that more like (laughs) family role-playing type things on on youtube and then my other gigs are monologue writing i'll do about me's for businesses for actors youtube video descriptions and then i also have like a little editing gig but i primarily pause my editing gig and monologue writing gig so that i can focus on the script gig because that is my passion writing well that's really cool and because you do it more gigs it sounds like it's based online then you're not necessarily in the place where these scripts are being performed or written for because uh, you're out of the area aren't you yeah, I used to live in Iowa. I was born in Illinois, moved to Iowa when I was 13 and found junior theater around that time. I was in Iowa until about 2017 when my husband and I moved to the Chicago area. And now we are in Michigan. He's an air traffic controller. So we're hanging out here. But yeah, most of my, in fact, like 100% of my writing is done remotely. I recently wrote a full musical for a school in Hong Kong. That was really cool. I wrote a uh, production of The Little Prince for a touring theatrical company out of Poland. People all over the world from all different walks of life and experiences. And it's really cool. Yeah. So when uh, you write your scripts for those companies that are out of the the country, I guess, I assume you uh, write them in English and then they're they're translated? No. Or do you write them? I'm not writing them in different languages. No, I studied Spanish, but I am not that good. What's really interesting and was very surprising to me when I dove into this with international clients specifically is how many of them are actually seeking scripts specifically written in English. So the Hong Kong school that I wrote that musical for, I've written four or five other scripts for them as well. And they're all performed in English. The same thing with The Little Prince. So the idea is that these international audiences are seeking the opportunity for their students and these kids to learn English. And what better way to dive into the language and fully start to understand English and concepts and how people's tones and conversations work off of one another than to see it in a theatrical element. That's, that is really cool, honestly. 
I never thought about that, but that honestly is a great way to dive into English or any language, I suppose. Yeah, come on, United States. Let's start preparing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you mentioned earlier that you um, moved to Iowa when you were around 13 and found Davenport Junior Theater. Uh, can you tell us a little bit what it was like when you were a student here? Oh, sure. So I found Junior Theater in 2006. My mom found an ad in the newspaper. I had been performing in musicals since I was nine. And when we moved to Iowa, my mom was like, what better way than to get Brooke into meeting people and feeling more like herself after a big move? You know, you're a moody teenager than to find a theater company. So she found an ad for a an audition for a show called Lily's Purple Plastic Purse, which was the opener, I think, or maybe the closer for the 2000s. I don't remember specifically. Um, what was really interesting about that period of time, I was at junior theater from 2006 through 2016. So I saw it all over the course of 10 years. When I came in in 2006, the company was not run by Daniel Sheridan. It was run by another lovely woman. Uh, she was in a hard position. The theater didn't have much funding. Mm -hmm. very low enrollment in classes. We had really low visibility as far as what is junior theater, what does junior theater do? No one really knew. It was like the heyday and the growth that was seen during Daniel's generation. It had started to kind of derail. And junior theater was hanging on by like a stand that, that the students and the instructors that were there were doing their best to just push through it. So I came in during that period of time. So we were putting on Lily's Purple Plastic Purse with um, costumes that we pulled from the costume shop that didn't fit anyone. Um, parents, <laughs> I've got a pair of shorts that Jimmy wore four years ago. Would that fit someone? We were pulling desks from like the school. It was just, it was rough and we did not have, <laughs> but there was something in that that just made me want to do junior theater more despite all of the lack of fun, exciting lighting and really cool costumes and a beautiful set. Even though that wasn't there, there was something about junior theater that made me want to stay. And what's wonderful about that is that around 2008, Daniel stepped in and I got to witness this incredible revitalization of junior theater. It was like our class sizes increased. There was this totally new excitement for the program. Um, Daniel brought in a team of people that created the main stage into what it is now. They created Junior Theater Inc. There was this huge shift in what Junior Theater was set to accomplish. And it started to enter into this new age of becoming what Junior Theater is now and what it was always meant to be. Community of like-minded people and beautiful friendships and coming together to create theater for kids by kids. It was just so cool to witness the growth of junior theater over that time. So then I came into high school and junior theater reached like my knowing of peak junior theater. So <laughs> it's going past that, but I'm not there anymore. But what was really cool about that time is we're rocking out shows. Class sizes are huge. They're hiring new instructors. Everything's growing. We're getting new cottages. And junior theater was filled with volunteer opportunities. So not only were the friends that I was making at junior theater in classes and in shows, but we were actively constantly giving back to junior theater. 
and meeting on the weekends and staying after school and doing all of these things and just building this giant sense of community. That's not the exact day to day of what it was like. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe of what it was like to witness the revitalization and the growth of what junior theater is today. Yeah, that's so amazing. I I wish I could have seen some of that, but I'm seeing the product of it. But besides seeing the revitalization, you actually kind of held some positions in it as well as it got more rolling, didn't you? Yeah, so everyone wanted to be at junior theater as much as possible. Like if we could wake up in the morning and drive to junior theater and stay there the entire day and stay there through dinner and stay there until bedtime and (laughs) leave. So my friends and I kind of all felt that same draw to being there. So that I think is what kind of led me into holding all of these different positions, but I'll run through them for you. I was a student in the classes, but to be totally honest, I only took one class and I missed the showcase and I was in another show at my high school. So I was not a very good student. other things um i was a main stage performer i think i was in 12 different shows throughout my time there but i was splitting it between the high school because there's always that draw to be with that theater group too i wish of course stayed at jt but whatever during the uh i guess we can just keep calling it the revitalization i don't know what else to call it daniel launched the junior staff and the junior board and he invited me to be one of the first members of the junior staff when he launched that. So I was the first costumes person for junior staff. And then um, I was also the first junior board president when that launched. Um, I did every drama day camp I could possibly do, performing arts camp, I guess we call it now. Um, I was a camp assistant, a group leader, a camp leader, an instructor. I designed costumes and I um, even spent a summer designing camps. And then um, I was an instructor at like Red Nose Clown, I think, for the teen and the teen camp. Um, I was a class instructor at JT. I did musical theater and acting and movement. I did props for one main stage performance. It was Aladdin. And I was AmeriCorps for a couple of years. Yeah, and that's exciting because that's what I'm doing right now is this is part of my uh, projects as the current AmeriCorps member right now. Ooh, a fellow AmeriCorps. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. There's a lot to do. There's always something to do. (laughs) So it sounds like even before coming to junior theater, theater was part of your life. And afterwards, theater was never absent from your life. So can you touch about on a bit more after you left Davenport Junior Theater? Sure. So while I was doing AmeriCorps for Junior Theater, I was also performing as a bootlegger at Circa 21 Dinner Playhouse in Rock Island. And I was performing in their productions there as well. Mostly kids shows. Imagine that. And uh, other than that, I performed in a couple of different groups around the Quad Cities that I think have since dissolved, maybe. Thank you, COVID. And um, in 2017, my husband and I moved to the Chicago area to start pursuing performing theater uh, in a professional regional level there. And uh, we were there for, I think we auditioned for a good six months or so before we kind of looked at it. And my husband wanted to take a different direction from theater. He wasn't really feeling fulfilled by it any longer. And we had talked about wanting to build a family. So we kind of made the really challenging and difficult decision to step away from performing professionally 
which was crazy for me because I had been performing in shows since I was nine. So from age nine until like 25, I was never not in a show. It was my life. So to step away was a really challenging and kind of heartbreaking thing. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that it's okay to go and pursue something like moving to Chicago and trying to become an actor in Chicago and <laughs> and then make the decision to step away because it's not fulfilling you in that moment any longer. Yeah, that was hard. But <laughs> out of that came me other creative moments in my life. I, I had all of this built up, bent up creativity that I couldn't release in anything because I wasn't performing anymore. I wasn't auditioning. And thus came the writing that that kind of, well, my ability to start that business came out of that frustration of not knowing what to do with myself. Yeah, that's really amazing. And it's always great to hear how our alumni from here went out into the world and still continued some way in the theater world. But it's also kind of nice to hear how your theater experience helped in other parts of life. Uh, you had told me over email that you had actually worked as a real estate in a real estate office for a couple of years. Can you tell us how your theater experience helped with that job? So I was a regional sales support administrator for a large real estate company called Cobla Banker. And I was um, traveling around a bunch of different cities in that area. I trained all of the real estate agents how to do their job. I trained the staff, the front desk staff I filled in. Where Junior Theater and all of my training from that comes in. The training process for a real estate agent, at least for this company, was hours of work and they would basically sit down with me and I would talk to them for like two straight hours. That was all a script that I had to memorize in order to appropriately answer questions and guide them through everything. And I truly don't believe I would have been able to sit there and talk through a memorized script without notes for two straight hours if I didn't have some kind of prior experience learning how to memorize successfully. So thank you, Junior Theater, and for <laughs> that. Yeah, I think it's always great. And that's a lot of it comes from just learning scripts and such. I had a uh, job as a salesperson of sorts that I would have to read off a script. And I had a fellow coworker who had came from a high school that the high school didn't even have a theater program or anything. This coworker was just so amazed by my ability to read out this script. And he's like, I've never had any experience like that. So I think even starting at as young as we start here at three, it's so important to get kids knowing how to do that kind of thing. Definitely. Not only memorization, but to have the confidence to talk to someone that you don't know, hold a conversation and feel like you are actually being successful at what you're supposed to be doing in that sense. A lot of that comes from theater too. Of course. Uh, now we talked about how you're currently, um, you went to Chicago, uh, did some auditions, be acting, and then kind of stepped away from it. And you're doing your script writing now, but you have some hope in you that you might get back into the acting scene eventually, if that comes to fruition. Is there any part or show or even a company you'd love to be with in or work with? That is a challenging question. <laughs> really have an answer for you. Um, I dream of one day getting back to performing in theater and I truly believe in my heart that this uh, step away is just that. 
it's a step away because it was no longer doing what I wanted it to do in my life. So I had to step away from it to really miss it and to realize how much it mattered to me. So theater will be back. Performing will be back someday. <laughs> as far as where or when, I don't know. I know that there are a couple of people in the Quad Cities that could call me tomorrow and be like, girl, I got something for you and I would try to do it. <laughs> I, I would definitely try, but yeah, one day, one day. I'd love to, I, I enjoy musicals, but I enjoy straight plays a little bit more. So I might want to be in a straight play. Well, that's always nice to hear that it's like, it's something I hope to someday, but if the stars fall into place, it could be tomorrow. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. So a little um, fun question to break away from some of the things we've been talking to. A fun little question we like to ask everyone is that if there was one person throughout time, living or dead, that you could spend a day with, who would it be and why? I would probably say my grandpa. He passed a couple of years ago. I would love to spend another day with him just because he's my grandpa, but also because so much of my writing comes from him. He was a professional author and a historian in the Peoria, Illinois area. Uh, Norm Kelly is his name. And he used to come over. He would he'd pick me up from like preschool, kindergarten. And what we would do for fun is write stories together and poems and tell each other stories and kind of do a lot of this imaginative play. And um, I think so much of my writing comes as an inspiration from him. He didn't get into writing until he was in his 50s. He had no formal training and he published a ton of books and he had a radio show and all of these stories that are out there that he wrote. And it's just kind of a testament to showing like, you. it doesn't really matter how old you are. If you are passionate about something and you have the talent and you want to get into it, go for it doesn't it doesn't matter when so um yeah he's definitely my inspiration for all of my writing and I would love to hang out with him again that'd be great yeah that's really amazing and I mean it's never too late to learn something new or just pursue something you love absolutely go for it <laughs> so one of the last questions I have for you is uh why do you think uh it's important for programs like Davenport Junior Theater to exist well I would say Theater programs across the United States, junior theater especially, managed to create this beautiful, wonderful sense of community for all of the kids and the people that are involved. And community is so important for our mental health, for our happiness, feeling connected in an area. And junior theater does a really, really good job of that. Um, I also think that theater programs build confidence in children. It gives them a sense of accomplishment. And most importantly, it instills a really strong sense of values in them, like time management, creativity, uh, willingness to try new things and explore and feel confident. And then also being inclusive, welcoming people that you would have normally never interacted with and bringing them into your community and building friendships and things. So it, it's really theater programs, junior theater, really fantastic. I absolutely agree. I um, I was so impressed when I came to Davenport Junior Theater uh, to start working here because I had grown up doing local children's play, but there was nothing like as advanced 
as Davenport Junior Theater, where I came from. So it's really impressive and inspiring to see. Yeah, it, it really is. It's come so far, and I feel like the ceiling is not even there. It's just going to keep going, keep growing, keep bringing in fantastic new professional talent and the wonderful kids to enjoy and grow in the program. It's going to be so cool to see where it goes and what it becomes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in the future. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess just an open-ended thank you to Junior Theater and all of the relationships that I have that came out of that and everything that I learned and everything it gave me because it really, truly was so much. So much. And if I can keep giving back to junior theater for the rest of my life, I will do what I can. So thanks, JT. And thanks to you, Brooke. It was so nice having you on the show today. Thank you. I, I feel very honored to be on the podcast. You've interviewed a lot of really cool people. And wow, you added me to the list. Of course. This has been the Junior Theater Podcast. Thank you for listening.